this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Good morning and welcome to Top Quality Faith Ministries. Wow. Just feels like I've been out of place for a while. And anytime I get out of place, it just feels like it's a long journey back to the place where I need to truly begin to rest and trust in the Lord. So I'll go ahead and open up in prayer because the conversation I have, hopefully it will bless each and every one of you because some of the places that we walk in, sometimes we find ourselves a little bit further outside of Christ, but Christ is consistent to bring us back to the place where he destines us to be in our relationship with him. So even right now, Holy Spirit, I lean to you, looking to you for understanding, for insight, for revelation. But most of all, that you teach your people in this season, in this time, in this hour. that all may come to understand what you have for them. And this I pray in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I lift this word up to you. And even now, may it saturate the hearts of your people and that they may move forward, not looking at where they've been, but focus on where you're taking them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Probably give you guys a little bit of history of this message uh, because I think if I share a little bit of where, we, where I've been, hopefully it will resonate in your hearts as to where you've been in your relationship with Christ. You know, uh, I can't necessarily say that I'm always over here or over there, but there's times where things that goes on in my life will cause me to be in one place or another place and not really truly grounded in the Lord um, and where I'm totally focused on the things of God. And I'm sure this message can resonate on the inside of all of us because we all wake up with that desire to please, to serve, and to do everything that our Lord has for us to do and our relationship with him, but sometimes we tend to go astray, and it's not necessarily go astray, it's sometimes we, I say, we stop and we begin to pay attention to the things around us. The way I call it is that I get so focused on what's in the garden that I forget about the ones that's tending my garden. And sometimes I get so caught up like, oh, there's a tree. Oh, there's flowers. And then I get so caught up in trying to figure out how this flower is growing that I'm no longer focused on moving forward. And I tend to stay in places where I should not be in. And I need to really push forward in the things of Christ that I may be able to stand strong Uh, when I am tempted by the enemy. And so I've got to give you guys some insight 
uh, just so that you guys can understand the message that he has given me. You know, um, a lot of times I hear people saying, you know, uh, Pastor, you know, um, in some situations, you know, I'm giving my heart, I'm giving my soul, I'm giving my all to Christ, I'm making him my number one, and everything I do is centered around him, but it never feels like it's enough. Or on the other hand, that, you know, I, I put forth the effort, I'm trying to stay focused, and I'm distracted by this, I'm distracted by that, or this is coming into my space, or that's coming into my space, and you're trying to literally, you know, just walk forward. And I'll, I'll use my own situation uh, as a, an issue. I say two weeks ago, Bible study, you know, I was contending with something that was going on in my body, and I was so focused on trying to understand what was happening to me that it took my attention, and I found myself as I was sitting there going over the word in Bible study, I was trying to stay focused and to whereby I could see my mind going in and out of the message. Even though I was readily giving my attention to the Lord, I found myself on the outside of the word and I was struggling to try to really stay engaged with the word and to totally listen and really understand what God was saying to me. But on the other side, my flesh was just in its own world. It was popping all over the place. I mean, it was over here, it was over there. It was really speaking, I would say, false things to me. And even though I kept trying to suppress it and shut it down, I found myself putting myself on mute quite often just to calm my spirit man down rather calm my flesh man down to so that my spirit man would rise and begin to speak forth what God had for the people during that particular time. And so I felt that there was such a battle that after the battle was over with and the uh, Bible study was over with, it was like it was a sign of relief for me because then I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad the word is over with uh, that I didn't have to submit any longer, if that makes sense. But that was the wrong way of actually seeing it because time I stopped battling and stopped fighting, it was like I submitted into that place where the enemy was just ripping me apart, uh, literally telling me, you know, <laughs> rather distracting my attention so bad that I was believing what he was saying that was going on inside my vessel. And I, I, you couldn't tell me what I was hearing wasn't wrong. And so with that, it took me throughout the week into these places to whereby, you know, uh, I was believing a lie. Even though I heard during Bible study, this small, gentle voice of the Lord, he's saying, everything's going to be all right. You know, you know what you do when you hear something like that, when you're battling, you kick that to the side, you toss it, and you're still looking for understanding in your own mind, trying to find relief in a place that there's no relief. You know, yes, that still voice counts, but it's not loud enough for you to really 
invest in the words that's being shared with you. So you're like, Lord, if this is really you speaking, then you got to show me in another way or you got to speak louder. He doesn't speak louder. He It seems like he goes even softer and he comes even more gentle in that place where you're saying, okay, overpower my thoughts, overpower the things that are going on on the inside of me that I may be able to walk in total authority over whatever is seeking to have authority over me. And it doesn't happen. And so you find yourself in that place to whereby you feel like you lost ground. And then I know when I lose ground, I begin to mope, okay? <laughs> I just walk around the house like I'm defeated, everything's gone, you know, I have no place to rise up, and it feels like in that place where you lose hope because you're saying, I gave it my all, and look what's my return. And, and because I'm goal-oriented, I don't know if you guys are, but I'm one of them people, you put something in front of me, and you say, hey, there's a goal to there, there's a prize to there, I'm going to jump to it, okay? That's probably why I love being in Christ, because there's a goal, okay? My, my strive at all times is to get to, <laughs> to guess, eternal life. And so I know that I'm getting to that place where I will be with my Lord completely. And so as I move forward in my days, I get so excited because I'm after that prize. And I know that prize exists. But when I'm in the world, I'm just like Jacob. And when I begin to look at Jacob and begin to look at the story, he literally loved Rachel so much that he didn't care how much time he had to serve for her. It was all about enduring. And sometimes we get so focused on the things that we're, we love that we forget our relationship with God. God gives us a new job, and because of the job we're, we, we submit under, there's a task or there's something that you are required to do, and you all, all of us want to look good. And so we will give it our all. We will press forward. We will push everything or put everything on the table just to make sure that we're doing everything in our space to not only secure that reward, you know, either it's that promotion or it's just that pat on the back or whatever the case may be. We're looking and we're focused towards that. And when we don't get it, guess what? We find ourselves labor even harder trying to obtain something that might necessarily be what we're really looking for. And so uh, I, I look at last, two weeks ago, Friday, where I was just caught up in myself. But then I recognize that a lot of times I take on things that are not necessary, my Lord, and, and they're just forms of distraction. They keep me from the true goal, and the true goal is my constant interaction, my constant communication with God. All this other stuff that I'm constantly deal dealing with, I'm battling all day long. Day long. But 90% of the time, what I'm battling, 
God has already talked to me about it. And, and he said it in the most gentlest way, but my flesh says, that ain't him. If it was him, say it loud enough that the rest of my body could understand that it's him that's speaking to me. But because he doesn't say it, because he knows it's my flesh trying to challenge me, I sit back and I go through this, how would I say, fake warfare? Because it's fake, <laughs> okay? And, and the reason why I call it fake, because it's brought on by me, okay? It ain't brought on by, you know, uh, something that the Lord has called forth. It is something that I have chosen, okay? I really want to make sure that if you understand, half of the battles that we have are battles that we choose to walk in and we're not really truly leaning to God for our redemption or to, for understanding of some of the things. But nevertheless, you know, I love this one because in this particular place, I get the opportunity to speak to those of you who feel like you're falling off. You feel like you're never meeting the expectations that God has for you or the expectations somebody else have put, placed over you and you feel like you want to quit. You feel like your efforts is not good enough and that's not necessarily true. Even in the place where you're effortless, God is still able to bring you into the things that he has destined and called for, for, for you. So let's go into the message. We're in Genesis 28. And we're just going to talk about, you know, some great things that the Lord has shown me in regards to Jacob. And so hopefully it will register to you and it will begin to cause you to see the love of Christ for you in the place where you tend to spend quality time outside of Christ. Uh, Genesis 28, verse 1. Yes. And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt take, not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, thy, father, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people, and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padan Aram, unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take him a wife from thence, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan, and that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Padan Aram, and Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, then went Esau unto Ishmael, and took unto the wives which he had Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajoth, to be his wife. 
Let me stop it right there. The Lord first showed me this, and he said, your actions will cause others to come in alignment. And so your obedience will cause others to come into the place of obedience. And so when you begin to look at the opening of this, you can see someone choosing to do what's right impacted the other person to cause them to come in alignment to what is truth, what is right. So it's so important that we begin to look at the opening because the opening is our ending as well, because our ending is still what we choose to do, God still blesses. Amen. Verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night, because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows, and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Let me stop you right there. So even in this particular uh, passage, I love the first part that he sees the movement of heaven. And he sees the ladder where God is going up and down, up and down. And he's seen to every single need that Jacob has. He said, tell my people to understand that I not only see, but I'm moving constantly back and forth in every area that I see that there's deficiencies, bringing in alignment, the things that I have called forth from the beginning. He said, you shall not miss what I have for you. He said, even in the place that you tarry, that means the places that you stay a little bit longer than you weren't supposed to stay, is the stuff that I was talking about in the beginning, my distractions where it leads me astray. Even in that place, the Lord is basically saying, I made provision. Hear him. Wow. Let's keep going. Verse 15. Um, we're in Genesis 28, verse 15. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Let me stop you there. So he said, I will bring you into the land. He says, he will keep us and he will bring us into the land. So even though we end up going into other territories, God just brings us right back into the land that he's promised. He's constantly redirecting us and bringing us back into the places that he has called forth each and every one of us to walk. And, and, and in this place, he's not concerned when we go astray. 
Because he knows how to bring us back. He knows how to get our attention. He knows that that little soft word that he has spoken to us will eventually cause us to line up with him. Even in the place where we feel distraught, Mm -hmm. he says, are even stressed out. And then it goes even beyond stressed out. Where you feel you don't even measure up. He says, I'm actively moving. And I'm bringing you into the places that I've called forth. He says, I am aware of your every move. That's what I love about this. So he knows when I'm over there or I'm over here. He's aware of my every move. And, and, and. And, and I love what he's just showed me in the spirit. You know how somebody will get and stand in front of you when you're trying to go too far. They'll redirect you back to the other. So he's on my left side every time I'm trying to go too far left. And he's stepping in front of me to push me back over on the other side. He's on my right side when I'm going the wrong way. And he's pushing me back. And if I'm going backwards, he's pushing me forward. So I'm always Centered in him. Praise be to God. Let's go further. Wow, thank you. Verse 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. (laughs) Praise God. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. But I want to make sure that you understand. So he calls the place Bethel, okay? But the name of the city was Luz, okay? And so that means everything occurred in that particular place. But he spoke life into a situation and that situation began to line up with the word and that's when we are in these other places we need to begin to speak life in these desolate places and cause it to line up with the word instead of just standing out there saying lord where are you which i tend to always do lord where are you i'm lost where are you help me help me help me and he's literally telling me that i need to speak into my situation and speak life into it and really begin to embrace what he says regarding the situation rather than me leading my mind, allowing my mind to lead me to false conclusions. And when I say false conclusions, I don't know if you've ever been in that place where your mind says, oh, you got this, oh, you got this, oh, this is happening because of this, or whatever the case may be, and your mind just leads you astray to whereby you're focused on something that doesn't exist And you find yourself flipping through your phone, reading stuff that's not true. Or better yet, you find yourself listening to somebody who has partial truth and you're assuming that's what's God speaking. And and in these places where you are led astray by your own thoughts, 
God comes and rescues you and brings you back into the fold and truly blesses you in that place. It's even like looking at somebody's walk and you're, you know, respecting them because their walk is so great. But even in that place, you find flaws in their walk and then you begin to look at their walk and you're assuming that you're led astray because of what you see in somebody else. God still says in that place, I'm consistent. I'm going to bring them out and I'm going to bring you out of that place as well. So I praise God for this. Genesis 28, verse 20. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Did you hear this? He said, Lord, if you would do this for me. I know in that desolate place, I'm always saying, Lord, if you can get me out of this, if this is not what I think it is, this is this, this is not that, you know, Lord, I, I would totally serve you all the days of my life. You know, uh, I think when uh, listening to my body and my body, you know, the doctor saying, hey, this is supposed to be this, this doesn't look like this, this could be cancer, this could be this, you know, instantly my mind just went down that road and I began to entertain what I was hearing. And as I began to entertain, I began to try to take in the words that was spoken to me regarding uh, what they assumed it was. And then as I began to look at these words, it was so funny. You know how you tell yourself as somebody's speaking to you, remember that word, remember that word, because you're going to look it up later. Remember that word. So I was trying to remember all the things that the doctor was speaking to me and I was trying to keep it close enough to me so I can go back later on and look it up and see what it really is and all the effects that came alongside of it. But for some reason or another, uh, I knew what it started with, but in my mind, I couldn't enunciate the word because sometimes doctor's words are far beyond me. But as I was trying to remember what was being said, I said, oh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look this up because this word keeps being spoken to me. But every time it's spoken to me, it escapes me. And then I get mad because it escapes me because then I don't get a chance to actually grab a hold and then go and search it out so that I can get better understanding of what I think it is. And I, I, I thank God because in that place that it escapes me, he allows it to escape me because he doesn't want me to try to focus on something somebody's assuming is happening to me when God has already delivered me. And so it's so important that we understand that we should not be looking up and speaking things on ourselves that are negative. We're just supposed to trust God in the midst of all the situations that we're going through and not allow these things to take us off track, but to keep us centered in him is just to believe what he says regarding the situation. He spoke to me in the beginning of the situation and told me everything was going to be all right. Yeah. But because, again, his voice was so low, my mind said, it's bigger than these words. Mm, yeah. And nothing is bigger than God. Amen. And, and I allowed my mind to dictate and in the place where God was just 
doing his work of deliverance. I love how in the beginning it says that it, the movement of heaven going up and down this ladder, the movement of heaven, and sometimes God has movement behind the scenes that he's constantly building, and, and not only building, but changing us even as we're going through things, but we don't see the change until we reach the end of it. Because now that I'm at the end of it, I'm like, oh, why did I disbelieve you? Okay? And the reason why I did not just believe, God was showing me not only his love, but how faithful he is to us. Especially in times of difficult where our taskmaster doesn't have our best interest at heart. And so as you begin to continue to listen to this, you can see that his father-in-law didn't have his best interest at heart, even though it looked like it, but he never, ever had his best interest. He was only looking out for himself. And sometimes in the workplace and in other places that we have chose to service, it's not always our best interest at heart. We can't give our all to these places and forget about God. And sometimes that's what we do because we're task-oriented. We, we, we want to look good, so we're going to give our all. And God is saying in that, whatever we give is sufficient. We don't have to overdo things to be seen. We don't have to overdo things to be recognized. You don't have to overdo things to be loved and accepted by your parents either. Because sometimes we even get into these places where we feel like we have to labor for their love. And not only labor for their love, but we have to do things to show them that Christ exists on the inside of us. That's not the case. Your relationship is personal to God. And it starts with you and him and not you and your family. And so it's so important that you get into that place and just allow Christ to move. Mm -hmm. In this particular situation, this is a family that's going through something. And even in this, God is personal to Jacob. And so even as he's taking the time to be personal with him, he's personal to each and every one of us. And he understands where we're walking. Mm -hmm. Let's go a little bit further. Genesis 28, verse 22. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So even in here, Jacob is declaring back to the Lord that even as he blesses him, he in return will restore back to the Lord. And I know a lot of times when we're going through something, we promise our Lord, oh Lord, if you get me through this, or if you do this for me, I'll do this, I'll do this. And I would just say, uphold the words that you guys speak to the Lord. Amen. Don't just take your words for granted once you get out of the situation. Do as you say. I'm speaking to myself as well. Do as you say. You know, hold fast to your true commitments to the Lord. And then I, I laugh because a lot, immediately when we get out of that place, we're like, oh, it wasn't that bad, okay? Mm -hmm. Then we forget the commitment we made, you know, like, oh, wow, 
I wasn't dying, okay? Oh, gosh, okay? I can take that back, Lord. I changed my mind, okay? I really wasn't really saying I was going to give you my all. I, I just thought I was dying at the time. <laughs> Sounds funny, but we do it. <laughs> Let's go further to 29. Genesis 29. Then Jacob went on his journey and came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and behold, a well in the field. And lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth, and watered the sheep, and put the stone again upon the well's mouth, in, its, in his place. And Jacob said unto them, My brethren, whence be ye? And they said, Of Haran are we. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. And he said, Lo, it is yet high day, Neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together, until they roll the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. And while he, while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. Let me stop you right there because I kept saying, you know, doesn't this sound weird? All of these people come together to bring their sheep to gain water, but they're waiting on her. I can't tell whether or not she's the only woman that's tending the sheep, but I do know that this man has no sons. And so I can see the question, because he's saying, wait a minute, this is not the time and hour at this particular time and hour, the sheep should be out and they should be doing what sheep does. Mm -hmm. But you're bringing the sheep in and this is not an actual time. And then the Lord even showed me in, as I was looking at this, because I kept going back like, wait a minute, why is he pointing this out? Why is he pointing this out? He said in this particular passage, He said, things are not in order. Things are not operating in as it's supposed to be. But if you see here, his son comes to bring things in alignment. Do you see that? And so God comes to bring things in alignment. So in the areas where your life tend to be off, God's going to cause that to come into a place of alignment. You will no longer be showing up or doing things outside of the time frame or whatever that it's supposed to be done in. God is bringing everything in order. Okay? And so I praise God as he was showing me even the things that was distracting me. He said, no, I'm going to bring that into alignment. I'm going to cause that to come into order. You're no longer going to be over here concern for these things because I'm going to wash away these things and I'm going to cause you to rest in me. Yeah. He said, not only shall you rest in me, 
He said, your mind was not going to be consumed or occupied by things that constantly seeks to detain you in places where I haven't called for. He said, so when I do speak in them small, quiet places, he said, you will hear me and recognize what I'm saying to you is true. Okay, so even in this place where Jacob sat, he's told up front that he's going to be blessed. Not only is his, he's going to be blessed, but he even talks about his seed being great. And this is even before he comes into the place where he has anything. He's, he's doing everything for his father-in-law. He has nothing for himself other than a gift to offer a woman. That's all he has. Let's go forward. Genesis 29, verse 9. And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass that when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. But if you guys really look at this, he extends love when he first meets this woman. He extends his love, and God is basically showing me he doesn't ask us for nothing other than to love one another. And so in this place, he just literally says, he's given each one of us the greatest gift of all. And that greatest gift is the ability to love. And that ability is to love. And I love how this example that goes forward He's learning to love his family despite what his family does to him. Did you guys get it? Yeah. Despite what his father-in-law is causing him to walk through, he still loves them. Mm -hmm. And some of us are in that place where we need to learn to love our family members despite what we're going through. Mm -hmm. The Lord says even not only our family members, but we need to learn to love ourselves despite what we're going through. Mm -hmm. He said, I've given you a heart of love. And as I have given you, all I'm asking is that you give it freely, what I've given you. 
Imagine if I stopped for a few moments and in them places where I was feeling like I was just totally off and I wasn't going to get back and I was embracing the negative, if I had stopped and said, you know something, despite what it is, even if, you know, I stopped and talked to myself and said, Kathy, despite what this, are you going to love yourself less? Are you going to love yourself less if any of these things come upon you? Are you going to do something different if anything else was to come upon you? I'm going to still be me. Mm -hmm. Hey, part of me may change, but I still have to love me. I don't give up on me just because something is upon me. And I'm not going to allow it to consume me, you know, because when you pay so much attention on it, then it becomes something that overpowers you. And so I, I make you guys laugh because, you know, uh, Friday uh, afternoon, the doctor promised to give me a call back. And when she called me back, I had a few questions that I didn't ask her while I was in the office. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, when this particular situation comes upon me, how should I handle this? She said, girl, you got to learn to breathe. And I said, breathe? She said, you got to learn to breathe. She said, as you breathe, your body won't go into panic and it will allow itself to function as it's supposed to. And I said, breathe? <laughs> and she said, there's no remedy to that. She says, I can't give you a remedy for that. She said, the only remedy that I have for something like this, and she said, and this is greater than any over-counter man, uh, medicine that I could offer or recommend to you. She said, breathe through it. And then I was like, oh. And, you know, in my mind, it was like, this is too simple, okay? And so yesterday, as I could feel tingles come upon my body, I stopped and I said, I need to sit still and I just need to breathe. And as I sat still and I began to breathe, it just stopped. She said, you take yourself into panic when you stop breathing. Wow. Too simple to be spiritual, right? (laughs) But too simple to really take in. And so as she said that to me, I thought about every single time my Lord said, breathe. Every time I get into a difficult situation, what do I do? I stop breathing. And I immediately go into panic mode. And in that place of panic, I stop loving myself. And all I have to do is say, Kathy, you got this. Because God got you. Isn't that easy? You got this because God got you. Let's take it a little bit further. And when you do say stuff like that, don't you hear people, voices like Billy's, Takiya laughing, and Jamila on the other side saying, praise Lord. <laughs> okay. And you hear all of this stuff, or you even hear your kids saying, mom, okay, okay, another one in your moments, okay. <laughs> you hear that going forward, but most of all, you hear the voice of the Lord saying, I will see you through it. So let's just trust him in these places. Let's go further. Genesis 29, verse 15. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldst thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder 
was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days, for the love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to him, and he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid, for an, an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou hast served, thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. Let me stop right here. <laughs> this is where the Lord began to talk to me about just taskmasters, you know, like in service, serving. Uh, sometimes we're serving and I say, you know, like you're promised that promotion or you're promised something in return. If you do this, this will come forth as a result of it. Or even sometimes where the Lord basically will say, this is the end result of something. And you're believing with everything on the inside of you that that's going to come to pass. But then at the end of the time, you're assuming that it's what it's supposed to be. And all of a sudden, something doesn't come forward. I was asking the Lord in this particular situation, we, how do we feel other than defeated? How do we overcome our defeat or, or feeling like, you know, we'll never get to the place? You know, Lord, I'm doing this and I'm doing everything because I think a lot of us been in that place. Lord, I'm doing everything that you told me to do, and yet I do not see the reward of my labor. He said, you must understand this. He said, even in the places, he said, where you feel like you have not reaped the reward, he said, take a step back. He said, but understand, reward comes in many ways. He said, one reward you must understand that occurs first is how you view the situation. He says, I'm always changing you on the inside before I manifest things on the outside. And, and, and what he shows me in that place where he's changing us, you know, I may start off in that place to whereby I'm having a tantrum every time things doesn't go my way. 
Eventually my tantrum ceases and to whereby I'm able to labor and not have tantrums. Mm -hmm. And then I'm able to just freely give myself and be able to stand in places and not even look for reward. Mm -hmm. When I'm at the end of that, God has the ability to move in any way he chooses. And the Lord says, and in that place where you surrender your desire to me, then I'm able to overflow you with the things I've called forth. He said, hear me. He said, you're not in this for nothing. And then he goes and say, for my promises are true. He said, come in agreement with the word by saying yes and amen. He said, say to them this. My desire is always to mature you in the things that I have for you. He says, I will never bring you into something and you're not mature to handle it as well as maintain it. Amen. A lot of times we, we assume we're mature mm -hmm. and we assume that we're in that rightful place. Mm -hmm. I love how in this particular situation, he said in our region, the oldest, Daughter goes first. Mm -hmm. And so in that, he's saying, I cannot give my youngest daughter to you without the oldest daughter going first. And so in this, God even shows you that there's no one forsaken. And even though she may not have been one to be looked upon as the most beautiful in their region, they made absolutely sure, and how do I say it, Lord? That provision was provided for all. What was a custom? Jacob had no knowledge of it. But in that, God blessed him for receiving it, even when he didn't want to receive it. He says, say to you guys this, in the areas where you had to endure or you're enduring hardship, God says, I'm going to bless you because you received the hard portion. So when I bring forth the easier side, He said, you'll understand even more so why I'm Lord. Amen. He said, you must see this. He said, talk to them about me. When I get, let me probably back up Not when I get. When something comes upon me, I look at the symptoms, 
And then I begin to search out symptoms, which I have always done all of my life, which is the wrong thing to do, but I don't know why I keep doing it. And I think I hate the thought that, you know, uh, I can Google anything on the internet now because before I would just rely on other people to tell me what they thought it was, but now I have the ability to Google things and as I Google things, I, I, I take a symptom and I make it into a mountain. And how do I say this, Lord? He said you overanalyze things. And he says, and even as I begin to overanalyze things, I begin to speak to myself things that's non-existent upon me. He said, causing myself trauma. Did you hear? Trauma. He didn't use another word. He used trauma. And that means I'm in this place that I have no rest, I have no peace, I have no understanding. And when you begin to cause yourself trauma, you put yourself in a place to whereby everything on the inside of you is working against you. And God comes in and he speaks to the trauma. And as he begins to speak to it, he begins to diffuse it. And as he's diffusing it, he's dealing with your false words that overpowers his. And he brings you slowly out of it, causing you to look at it as he's bringing you out of it. And as you're looking at it, you're literally saying, okay, okay, it's not so, it's not so, it's not so. And I love my situation because I had been battling something for six months and I kept self-medicating, self-medicating. And every time I self-medicated, I kind of thought I fixed the problem, but then it would just arise and pop up, but then each time it would rise and pop up, it would come back worse. And then I, you know, being in COVID, I'm like, I'm going to a doctor. I'm gonna keep calling these doctors and I'm gonna get either a phone call appointment, a video appointment, something, because I ain't going into the office. And I remember one, one of the doctors said, well, maybe you need to come in. I said, I ain't coming in there in my mind. I ain't coming in there. I have no need to come in there. Just give me this and let me go on about my merry way. And so they kept giving me stuff. Then I got smart enough to say, well, shoot, I can buy this over the counter. Let me go get it and fix myself. And as I began to fix myself and I began to self-medicate myself, all I was doing is causing problem upon problems. Hopefully you guys hear me. Yeah. And in that place, because I'm not talking about health, I'm talking about every situation that we begin to literally cause ourselves to move into a place of trauma. Overworking, oh, I got to get through this task. Oh, I got to get through this task. You get through one task, then you take on another task. And then you tell yourself that you're not going to volunteer no more. And then all of a sudden you're raising your hand up and you are already taking on another task. And you're like, I'm working to 10 or 11 or 12 o'clock. And then you're saying to yourself, I ain't going to do that again. And then all of a sudden nobody else volunteers and you volunteering again. And you're in this place to whereby you're overworking yourself. 
And the Lord was showing me in there that I was overworking myself and I had no way of getting out. And as I overworked myself, guess what? My body began to react to that. Didn't you guys get what I'm just saying? My body began to react to that. And my body was saying, there's no rest here, so I'm going to start acting up too. Because you're overworking me because you're trying to please somebody else. And in that place where you're trying to please somebody else, you're neglecting me in your Lord. Mm. And so my body is saying, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. But my flesh is saying, okay, what else you want me to do? I'll get this. Maybe I got a promotion behind the scenes. Maybe I'll get a good raise. Maybe they'll say something about me. And I'm not realizing on the other side that I'm defeating the purpose. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like when you're overly doing stuff, when you don't do it, they think something's wrong with you. Right. And then they start calling you out. And then I don't even know if you guys know this. When you become that spotlight and everybody that's outside of the Lord is trying to take the spotlight off of you. And so even in that, you got to work harder to maintain the spotlight. <laughs> and so the Lord showed me in this. You only want to be in my spotlight. Mm. You don't want to be in the world spotlight. Mm. He said, because you got to constantly, constantly prove yourself. And the first time you fail, they're going to start picking you until they take you down. And I was like, oh, my God, Lord. Let me focus back on this. So let's go a little bit more. And see what God is showing us in the scripture. So in this, he's got the wrong woman now, but yet he's willing to stand and to take it further. So we always feel like we're not getting to the right place, but we're going to take it a little bit further and see what God says. You know, that's what we say. Lord, I'm just going to stay in here a little bit longer and see what you say. Let's go forward. Genesis 29, 28. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. And he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. And Laban gave to Rachel, his daughter, Bilhah, his handmaid, to be her maid. And he went in also unto Rachel. And he loved also Rachel more than Leah and served with him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren, and Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. Chapter 30. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto God, oh, said unto Jacob, give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. 
And he said, Am I in God's stead, who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? And she said, Behold, my maid Bilhah, go in unto her, and she shall bear unto my, uh, bear upon my knees, that I may also Let me stop have you children right here. by her. There's two things I want to point out here because the Lord showed me two great things in this particular passage. Okay, number one, she goes to her husband because she feels like he's forsaking her in this particular area. And then uh, in this, she then comes up with her own way of fulfilling something, and that's what we normally do. We accuse God for forsaking us, and we begin to fight or pout. And then we leave God and we begin to go and we begin to do things our own way. And so even in this place, God still remains faithful to us because he knows the heart of man. And he knows what's inside of us. And he knows even before we do it, like, well, Lord, you're not going to give it to me. I'll find another way to get what I want. And even in that place, God uses that even for his own purpose. Amen. Bringing us back to him as he's about to bring her back. Um, verse 4. And she gave him Bilhah her handmaid to wife, and Jacob went in unto her. And Bilhah conceived and bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me, and hath also heard my voice, and hath given me a son. Therefore called she his name Dan. And this place is our temporary satisfaction. You guys know that. This is a place where we're temporary satisfied. It looks like what we want, but it's still not the true desire of our heart. And so we go into these places where we get temporary satisfaction, but even in that, God's words and promises still aligns with us. And even though when we're impatient, God is still patient with us, loving us, caring for us uh, in this particular place to whereby he's still going to get what he desires to come forward in the woman. Amen. Verse 7, And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again, and bare Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed. And she called his name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her Jacob to wife. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son. And Leah said, A troop cometh. And she called his name Gad. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. And Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, of thy sons mandrakes. And she said unto her, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband? And wouldst thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. Let me stop you right here. Because both of these women have no idea that God is shutting up their wounds. They have no clue that God is behind the scenes moving. 
And a lot of times when there's a lack of provision in our eyes, we have no idea that God is the one that's causing it not to go forward. And we fail to understand it may not be the season for what he is calling for. And so we try to go and self-produce. And in this particular place, God is saying, would not you be patient with me while I bring you through to the things in which I have destined for you? He said, will you not see that the things that you attend to do in the place that I have yet to move for you shall only hinder you later. And he's just literally showing me like the things that we desire, we don't want them later. You know, God's not moving and giving me the right car, so I'm going to get any old kind of car. And then I get any old kind of car, and then I want to get rid of that any old kind of car. <laughs> okay? Uh, it's not... I get any old kind of guy or any old kind of girl, and then I find out that it's not the any old kind of guy or girl that I really desired. And all I had to do was to wait on God uh, that my season would come. But because I lack faith in that particular area, instead of asking God to increase my faith where I'm lacking, I in return become that self-provider. And in that place, I get something that's going to not benefit me fully, it's going to only hinder me in the long run. Mm -hmm. And then God has to come along and fix my mess up. Because I couldn't believe for what he has for me. That sounds like help my unbelief, Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Not let me go and find something that's going to sustain me until something comes. Mm -hmm. Or this is what God really intended for me and it's not what is really for me. It's like somebody wanting something so bad and they get it and it's not what they want. It takes a lot to undo something when you could have just waited on God. Wow. Imagine how much we undo things because we're impatient with God. Wow. 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 Praise God. God makes provision for us for the things that he really desires for us. And we don't have to make provision for ourselves. He keeps saying, I made a way. And in this particular passage, as we go forward, we can clearly see that he's making a way. Every single thing that he spoke to him about his seed being (laughs) numerous, Uh, You can truly see it now because this man is having son after son after son after son. And, I mean, he's being blessed. Every time he turns around, he got a baby born. Okay? He got so many kids that I'm losing count. I don't think I know how many. But then even with the kids that are coming through, the maid servants, they're not part of the 12 that he's promised him. (laughs) Wow. There's so much that's coming forward in this, that it, it just becomes overwhelming because there he's not even talking, talking about the girls yet. Mm-hmm. 
verse 15. And he, she said unto her, oh, this is, we're in verse 16. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him and said, Thou must come in unto me, for surely I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. And God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived, and bare Jacob, the fifth son. And Leah said, God hath given me my hire, because I have given my maiden to my husband. And she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again, and bare Jacob, the sixth son. And Leah said, God hath endued me with a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me, because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Zebulun. And afterwards she bare a daughter, and called her name Dinah. Okay. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. And it came to pass, when Rachel had borne Joseph, that J Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away, that I may go unto mine own place, and to my, own, and to my country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served thee, and let me go, for thou knowest my service which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And he said, Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. And he said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me. For it was little which thou hast before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude, and the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now when, I, when shall I provide for mine own house also? And he said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle, and all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come. When it shall come for my hire before thy face, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, Behold, I would it might be according to thy word. And he removed that day the, the he-goats that were ring-straked and spotted and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted, and every one that had some white in it, and all the brown among the sheep, and gave them into the hands of his sons. And he said, Three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob, and Jacob felt the rest of Laban, fed the rest of Laban's flocks. And Jacob took his rods of green poplar, and of the hazel and chestnut tree, and pilled white stripes in them. And made the white appear, which was in the rods. 
And he set the rods which he had killed before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs, when the, when the flocks came to drink, that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle, ring-straked, speckled, and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring-straked and all the brown in the flock of Laban. And he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. So the feebler were Laban's, and the stronger Jacob's. And the man increased exceedingly, and had much cattle, and maid servants, and men servants, and camels, and asses. Let me stop you right there, and this is where we're going to close with the scripture. Uh, the Lord was literally showing, so first let me correct, uh, all of the sons that um, are made mentioned here are considered to be uh, all of Jacob's side, even when it comes to um, the children that's born by the maidservant. So the Lord just wanted me to restate that differently. So... Uh, in looking at this particular last verse, you can clearly see in this uh, particular passage, the Lord is truly with him, and he has literally, at this particular point in time, when you begin to look at the scripture, and how would I say this the best way I could say it, Lord? He says, I redeemed him. He said, when you truly surrender and you stop trying to do things to produce on your own, I become the producer. And if you look at the end of this particular passage, he's much more wealthier than this man could ever have been. He has much greater than whatever his father-in-law originally started with. Although his father-in-law was blessed, he was much more blessed than his father-in-law, to whereby his father-in-law began to despise him. And so the Lord was saying to me, He said, it's not that I will not do for you. He said, but I ask that you be patient with me while I mature you in the places that I have sought to provide for you. And he said, don't take up on your own desires. And, and sometimes... You know, as in women, or I don't even know if guys do this too, but I really can relate to women because I'm like that. Well, I don't think somebody else is going to come into my space. If God has called forth you to be married, he's going to bring somebody. And you don't have to, you know, go out and accept the first thing that comes. If God called forth 
you to have a certain type of job. You don't have to go and accept the first thing. But God will provide in the places where you're lacking. It's just not our timing. He does things that is truly where he's going to receive the greatest glory. He's the master craftsman. One thing I love about this particular story because it really, really blessed me to understand despite how I see things and how I've been going about things, God is still faithful. He will bring forth the things that I desire or better yet, he desires for me even while I'm lacking. Even when I don't have the wisdom to stand up to truly see what he's speaking, he comes in and he's constantly redeeming me. In this place, I see the king man's redeemer. And I'm grateful that he redeemed me in the midst of my struggles. And even as he took care of Jacob, so shall he take care of us. This is the word of the Lord to you. Be patient and trust him to redeem you in all places. In Christ Jesus' name, my prayer for you today is that you let go and let God move in your life. That you're no longer in this place like I was in last week. Place of assumption and speaking falsely over myself uh, being in that place of distress where I really think that everything is not working for my good. But to be in that place truly where I trust God and where I trust God, everything turns out as he deems it to be. And even if it's not something I like, it's still something that's good for me and I can truly, truly Work in that place and be blessed by him. So even now, Holy Spirit, what is the prayer that you pray? He said that they would hear me and they would release their all unto me. He said even in this place that he will not leave us nor forsake us. I say even now, Lord, I love when you move on our behalf. And I thank you for your provision. I thank you that I'm no longer in that place where I'm trying to give my job everything. But I'm giving them what I signed up for. And in that place, I'm trusting you that what I'm offering is sufficient. I'm no longer working towards goals of man, but I'm focused on you and you alone. I'm not trying to prove my worth, but I know my value in you. I trust you for every outcome. I asked, even as you move through me, that I'm blessed and a blessing to all.
In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.